Hey everyone, it's Talon. I got home late last night after driving 15 hours from Idaho to California after my Thanksgiving trip, and I'm battling off a bit of a cold, but I just wanted to pop in before the episode starts because today is Giving Tuesday, and the Orange Coast College Speech and Debate team is looking for donations. Running a speech and debate team is not cheap. You have to pay for tournament entries, judges, transportation, and for the national tournament in the spring, plane tickets, and hotel rooms for everyone competing. If you want to help OCC give students this opportunity and learning experience, then please consider donating. We've got the link in the show notes, and you can also find it in the transcripts for this episode. All right, thank you, and on to the episode. This episode is brought to you by the Professional Speech and Debate Association. Join the newest and most exciting league in forensics. Anyone can enter at any age and earn large cash prizes. Learn more at prosda.com. Okay, Nationals is canceled too, and we're switching over to online, and everything is pretty much done at this point. Hi, my name is Talon Stradley, and this is Soapboxers, a fly-on-the-wall podcast about speech and debate. I used to compete on the Orange Coast College team, and now I'm back after two years to document the speech and debate experience and bring it to you. COVID-19 changed the landscape of the world, and forensics is no different. In today's episode, we'll explore the changes speech and debate has had to make in order to survive online. This is Soapboxers. It's October 17th, and Hannah is sitting with a couple of students in the squad room. It's a hot day, and the AC still doesn't work, so the fans are on. Hannah is helping a couple students group prep. The rest of the students are scattered around the building in different rooms. This is a tournament. The Crossman Invitational hosted by El Camino College. And unlike the last tournament we visited, This one is entirely online. Today is an online tournament for one of our IEers and a whole bunch of our debaters. For the last year and a half, ever since spring of 2020, tournaments have been online. You can already feel the difference in energy. While the last tournament was a bunch of fresh students bustling around in groups excited and nervous for the day, this tournament is a little bit more relaxed. It's quieter. People are off in their own rooms. The only real noise is a little murmur and the hum of the fans. For OCC, this tournament is a bit of a hybrid. While the tournament is entirely online, they decided to meet up on campus, just like they do every Tuesday, to retain some of the energy of in-person events. Yeah, so we definitely want to encourage our students, despite being online, to come to campus because it just helps with like the atmosphere, actually being around your team, being able to do warm-ups, and then like what we've been doing this morning, if anybody has issues, we're actually here to help them, to communicate with the tournament, instead of just trying to like get an email from them an hour after the fact that something went wrong. So still want to keep as much of that in person while still, you know, wearing masks, keeping them in separate rooms so that everybody is safe, but they get that sense of community still. Online tournaments work much like in-person ones, only instead of the students competing in the same room, they compete over some kind of video call, such as Zoom. 
Because we can't have multiple people competing in the same physical space, the students who are here on campus are spread about into different classrooms in the building. Yeah, we luckily we were able to keep them all to this building, but we have, what, about six students in here in different rooms. We have three classrooms downstairs and then like another six classrooms upstairs with them. So they are spread out but contained. <laughs> Each student on campus is competing on their own laptop and using the school's Wi-Fi. As I'm sure you're aware, this reliance on computers and technology can be prone to technical difficulties. Computers shut down, programs don't work, internet cuts out. It can bring a lot more chaos to an already chaotic day. That's what Hannah had to help fix early in the morning, just before I showed up. Today is going well. It was a little chaotic in the morning, <laughs> getting everyone set up, making sure there wasn't any internet issues the first online tournament so there's a lot of just like little technical things and we knew that there'd probably be some some issues but things are going well right now for sure as the first round ends the squad room starts to liven up a little bit more students come from the individual rooms they were competing in to hang out and socialize in between rounds it gives me a chance to hear about some of those technical issues firsthand from nina a debater on the team hmm? big internet problems for the first like five minutes but you do you do what you gotta do. Called in on my phone, joined in on there. Couldn't hear a word they were saying, so I had to hold it up to here, but it's fine. You did what you have to do. Still went well, I think. I recovered. I used my cross X to figure out what my um, opponent's argument was. So we're all good there. But <laughs> besides that, I think we're. I think it went well. Honestly, for the first time me debating in a tournament, I think it went well. Nina went to the first in-person tournament, but she was competing in an individual event, pros. For this tournament, OCC wanted to focus on debate, and so Nina is competing for the first time in IPDA. In fact, out of the 15 or so OCC students in this tournament, only one is running an IE. Natalie, the student I coached last episode. Although, this tournament took place about a week or so before I coached her. I spoke to her after a couple rounds to see how this online tournament differed from her first in-person tournament. It got me a little nervous, just wanted to make sure everyone like heard me. One girl was like having issues with that, but I kind of felt a little bit less nervous. I don't know if it's just because it's on Zoom and I felt a little bit more free and I added some like different accents to like the other characters in my story and I didn't plan on doing that, but I think just feeling like it was just me in the room like helped a lot. For Natalie, being online helped take some of that pressure off, but she also realizes that it's important to find that confidence in person as well. I gotta work up to being super confident and comfortable just in person, that's super important too. At the first tournament of the year, the in-person one, we weren't able to bring any extra visitors due to COVID regulations. Because this is an online tournament that the team is engaging with in their own space, we are able to have people stop by to see how things are going. People like Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia Anderson. My pronouns are she, her, and I have only been on the team for about two to three weeks now, I think three weeks, yeah. I am here today, even though I'm not competing, I, one, kind of wanted to support the team, and two, I have been able to ask a lot of questions so that when I do come to my first competition and actually compete, or when I do do IPDA in a competition for the first time, I won't go into it completely blindly. So I just kind of wanted to see like how an online competition works, like how we meet up, like what, 
what is IPDA? Like, what does it look like in terms of like a day of competition? Even a past teammate of mine, Heather, stopped by to say hi and help out. Um, I'm here to hang out with Hannah. <laughs> I don't know, help prep. Heather was on the team when forensics was shifting online. I had already packed my clothes, my food, everything was ready. That's coming up right after the break. This is Soapboxers. Hired Judge makes the lives of coaches and tournament directors easier by providing high-quality, reliable judges at the click of a button. With over 1,200 judges nationwide, Hired Judge is always there to help you in a pinch. Judges are constantly evaluated for expertise, professionalism, and reliability to help make sure your tournament is successful. Hire judges or register to receive judging offers at HiredJudge.com. Use promo code SOAPBOXERS at checkout to save $15 off your first judge order. The PSDA has flipped traditional forensics on its head. With the only unaffiliated judge pool, the PSDA competitors receive a higher quality level of feedback and never have to worry about so-called judge politics. Just eight hours on the first Saturday of every month, PSDA tournaments are the most efficient, fun, and fair competition experience in forensics. Professional competitors can win up to $800 a tournament. Learn more at ProSDA.com and use promo code GOINGPRO at registration to save $50 on your first tournament. Are you enjoying Soapboxers? Want to help out the show? Consider donating. Whether you want to leave a one-time donation through our tip jar or a monthly contribution through Patreon, we have options for you. Our monthly backers get access to ad-free episodes, buttons, and shoutouts on the show. Visit soapboxerspod.com slash support to learn more. That's soapboxerspod.com slash support. And hey, thank you. Welcome back. During the first half of the episode, we stopped by OCC's physical approach to an online tournament and got to see a little bit of how that works. Now, I want to take a look at how we got there. Forensics has been an exclusively in-person activity for decades until, in the blink of an eye, it all shifted to the virtual space. How was that transition navigated? And what was it like for the students competing at the time? To help answer those questions is Heather, a former teammate of mine who decided to stop by the online tournament. Hi, my name is Heather Tosta, and I was on the team from 2018 to 2020, right before COVID, or right when COVID hit. Heather was on the team the year that FiroPi, the community college national championship, was canceled due to COVID-19. We were kind of gearing up for state. I think we were supposed to leave for state in like three or four days. It was like less than a week. I had already packed my clothes, my food, everything was ready. And we got a text that said, hey, state's been canceled. Um, we'll talk about it in class. Um, so that was like really hard. I think we all text each other and we're like, what the heck is happening? Before that we were like, oh, COVID, like everyone's making a big deal out of it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, at that point, nationals was still up in the air, it didn't look like it was going to happen, but it was like, we're going to shut down for a couple weeks, see what happens, keep running your pieces, we're going to figure this out. Um, and then about a day or two later, we got the message that was like, okay, Nationals is canceled too, and we're switching over to online, and everything is pretty much done at this point. Um, so the season kind of ended right there. There weren't tournaments. Nobody knew how to do online tournaments. Um, I think speech just was like, oh no, what do we, how do we not, how do we figure out how to do this online? Um, so it was a weird, it was a weird time for speech, I think, just as a whole. This was 
heartbreaking for the students involved. You've seen the amount of effort these people put into their craft, the countless hours spent practicing, researching, writing, the community that's built, the passion that builds over the course of the year and right at the end, right at the most climactic point of the season, just before a two-week trip out of state to compete against colleges across the nation, it ends. That's it. It's done. For people who are graduating or transferring, their speech and debate experience stops cold. The forensics community needed to rethink their approach from the ground up. How do you run an online tournament? Well, one of the solutions was already being tested in the community. E-ballots. Ballots are how judges rank the competitors, give feedback, and know who's supposed to be in the round. And so that's kind of been a move that's been happening even in normal tournaments. That's Michael Mars, director of forensics at Cal Baptist University. Yeah, so the traditional model is we print out paper ballots and we give them to judges and then we put paper postings on a wall somewhere and people go look at them and then usually we'd like take a picture with our phone to remember where their room is and stuff. And then we would take those ballots and then sort of do data entry, right? We'd enter them in and then we'd photocopy the ballots if there was a need or whatever, and then we'd give those ballots back. But that model is starting to change. More and more tournaments, especially on the debate side, in the last probably three or four years have moved to e-ballots. So then the idea becomes you confirm, you get a verified email, you get an email with a link, you click on it, it opens up the actual tabulation software itself, you fill it out, you do it, and there's nothing else for me to do uh, as you know, the director of the tournament. It's really great. This shift to e-ballots started even before the pandemic for a variety of reasons. The first one I ever did as an IE judge was just before the pandemic at Pi Kappa Delta, which is one of the national tournaments, and they had that. And their main reason for doing it wasn't obviously viral. It was distance. It was at Hofstra University in Long Island. It's a really big school with a lot of walking. And so they found with the e-ballots, they could just have judges look and see where their room was, and they could just go from their room to the next room and not have to walk all the way back to where the ballots were and then walk all the way back to where the, the competition rooms were. So it becomes easier to keep the tournament running on time. Having the architecture already built for digital tournament logistics helped smooth the transition to online spaces. In addition to e-ballots, tournaments had to implement solutions many of us have grown accustomed to in our own life. Video conference calls, emails, creating virtual spaces on platforms like Discord or Slack. Slowly but surely, forensics returned in a remote online capacity. In April of 2021, the Fire High National Championship returned as an online tournament. If you look it up, the tournament's host is listed as Space, which is way cooler than Reno, Nevada. However, just because tournament organizers figured out how to structure a tournament online, that doesn't mean that everything was just fine. When the world went online, they left my students behind. That's Kayla McCure, my coaching friend from last episode, speaking on the struggles her students faced in the Santa Ana Unified School District. Many of them don't have stable internet access, nor do many of them have a stable home environment in which they feel comfortable performing and being coached. A lot of them live in households with lots of generations under one roof, and it is not conducive to their learning if they don't have the privilege of their own space. So COVID left a lot of people behind. Luckily, these students had passionate and dedicated coaches who worked hard to make sure students had the resources they needed to keep learning. But that's why I love the Santa Ana coaching staff. 
we rose to the occasion. We kept reaching out. We kept providing resources. And we continued to show them that we care for them more than anything, more than about coaching them or about their performances. So it became much less about performing and more about sticking together. The coaches made sure that the students' needs were met directing them to school programs to assist with necessities like food or technological resources. Making the shift to online forensics was very difficult for a lot of people, especially considering the stressors of an ongoing pandemic and its many, many impacts. Still, among all the hardships, there were certain benefits to all of this. Because tournaments and forensics were online, it meant that people or schools without the resources to travel to in-person events could participate freely, no matter where they were. OCC has had some students that they never would have had in an in-person atmosphere. Take Kyle, for example, who participated in the speech and debate team last semester all the way from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania, and I lived there for the whole first 19 years of my life, and so um, That was definitely a great escapism, too, over the spring semester, meeting people that I, you know, didn't know already and meeting people that lived all the way across the country. Even for local students attending this semester, the option to participate online has given them the flexibility they need to stay involved, like Luan who shifted to a more remote experience to better fit his work schedule. My work is a um, short staff and they need me to come earlier. So that's why I have to like switch from going in person to going to online Zoom. I think like um, it saved me some time because like my house like thirty minutes away of driving uh, from my house to school, and the experience is a little bit different from in person, of course. But like so far, I'm doing great with it. And because of some of these benefits, online speech and debate might persist as another legitimate way to participate in the community. I think a small future. I think it has you know benefits for those who maybe are in a different country or if we want to have like more intercultural communication, we can't afford to travel in that way. But I think in general, a lot of the speech community does miss the in-person tournament vibe. And so I do think we are going to probably go back to in-person. I think they'll keep some elements of online. I have a feeling online ballots might continue to be a thing. I have a feeling a lot of the online communication will continue to be a thing, like getting emailed your ballot for rounds. But I don't think it will be a big part of forensics much longer. We're already seeing a return to the more traditional speech and debate experience. OCC is attending two in-person tournaments this fall, with more expected in the spring. Everyone also has their fingers crossed for an in-person national championship this year. However, until then, the OCC speech and debate team will continue to find ways to foster that energy and community, no matter the format or location, even if that means coming to campus early on a Saturday to compete online in different rooms, all so they can cheer each other on between rounds. Good job, Miguel. Good job. 
the Professional Speech and Debate Association. An extra special thanks to Clark Moore, John Farkas, Fuzzy, Ben Steidel, Aaron McGuire, Ali Beheshti, John Llewellyn, and of course, my mom for their support on Kickstarter. If you want to join these saints in the fiscal support of the show, you can visit us at soapboxerspod.com support, where we have recurring and one-time donation options. Check it out to get ad-free episodes, buttons, and shoutouts. If you want to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Instagram at soapboxerpod. We're also on Twitter and TikTok. This show would not be possible without the speech and debate coaches and team at Orange Coast College. Thanks for letting me tag along. Soapboxers is a production of Newton's Dark Room, a podcast studio set to explore imagination through antiquated audio dramas and nonfiction expeditions. For more information, visit newtonsdarkroom.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. I, what I do is I probably spend about four hours a day just popping bubble wrap alone in the dark, and it really helps me out. You just start bringing that to tournaments and popping it around? Yeah, and I just go into like an empty classroom, like the bathroom or something, and then just like, you know, turn off all the lights and just pop. Yeah, it's just part of your... your it's part of that process, you know? It helps me out, you know? Yeah. Everyone has their thing, and that's my thing, so... You'll be the bubble wrap guy. Uh, yeah. You walk into a round, which is a big world. A big wrap. people are like... Oh. Uh, I know he, I know this guy. <laughs> You're from Orange Coast, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will, right? Or... <laughs>